Hello, my name is Chris and I am host of the Stellar Spark Show. And in today's episode, we're going to be making up for last week in discussing shifts in the national polling and in the battleground states, as well as how the polling was on this day in 2016 and delving into some of those trends and what they mean for the 2020 election and comparing the 2016 polling to the 2020 polling. So uh, I'll also have an episode for you on Wednesday to discuss a current event. So you guys get two episodes this week. But first off, I'm going to start with a little bit of the polling from 2016 and the polling today. I'm going to start there. And then we're, we, we can move into the more of the battleground polling as of right now. But the 2016 and 2020 polling is very similar. On this day, on August 24th in 2016, the electoral vote forecast on electoralvote.com showed Hillary Clinton winning with 343 electoral votes to Donald Trump's 195. And as we all know, that did not happen. But this forecast remained consistent. It remained consistent throughout the whole general election season up until Election Day, I believe. And we're seeing the same thing here in 2020 with Joe Biden. So, and the reason for this is because it seems that the media and a lot of these polling outlets like to portray Trump as the underdog. And and it's more of an underdog narrative, and that's what it was in 2016, and it's like that again a little bit in 2020. But Trump is the incumbent this time. So he actually should be favored in a sense because he holds the office already. But another reason why I think that these forecasts favor the Democrats is because a lot of the polling samples that they take, are, they favor the Democratic Party because they're heavily com comprised of registered voters, which tend to lean more Democratic. So when all these polls are averaged out, it skews the electoral map in favor of the Democrats. And there could be undersampling Republicans. They really can't reach rural areas. Uh, pollsters to have difficulty in doing that. So they won't expend the resources to go out there. I mean, I'm not saying that's all pollsters and all the time, but it's definitely harder to reach out there in those areas rather than in a city. And it's merely an issue of convenience, and that creates polling error. And as we saw in 2016, a lot of these voters really didn't want to state their allegiance for who they were voting for. So... And also another factor from 2016 was that a lot of Trump supporters didn't break for him until the end. So, I mean, a lot of Trump's support was soft support for the for his opponent or undecided voters, and he got those at the very end. So I think we're seeing the same thing here. Biden has a lot of soft support that can be peeled off. And if you look at the two forecasts, they're pretty much the same. I mean, Clinton lead. Excuse me. Clinton was leading. Clinton and Biden 
led in the same states. But as we could as we could see, and I'm going to just read them off here. From 2016, Biden appears to have weaker margins in a few states compared to Hillary Clinton at this point. And the states are Minnesota, Michigan, New Hampshire, as well as Ohio. And Biden seems to be doing better than Clinton in Georgia and Arizona in terms of the polling. And that could be expected because the Sun Belt is trending a little bit away from the GOP. So we can expect those shifts to happen. But in terms of the Rust Belt, Clinton was doing better at this point in terms of the average than Joe Biden is doing in those few states. But also you have to take into account that there was a higher third-party vote share in 2016 than there was this year where Gary Johnson was getting around 8% of the vote and was probably influential in helping Trump win the election. This time around, we're seeing Joe Biden crossing over 50% in a lot of the polling, whereas Hillary Clinton really didn't get over 50% in the averages in, a lot of, in many states because of the high third-party share. So one could argue that Biden is in a stronger position, but we have to remember that Trump hasn't solidified all the soft support yet. And we'll probably see that late in the election season again. So that remains to be seen, but I think he will solidify that soft support. I mean, his base is going to vote for him no matter what. So it comes down to the independents. It comes down to the undecided voters and what they're going to decide. But now, with all that being said, I think now would be a good time to move into the shifts in the both the national polling and the battleground state polling that we've been seeing over the last few weeks, which I thought was of note as I speak about a lot on my channel. It's important to Watch the polls. It's not probably a good indicator of the final outcome, but it's always good to keep an eye on the shifts in the race and how it might may affect the final outcome. So in a number of states, we've seen the polling shift a little bit towards President Trump, and those states are, include Arizona, Minnesota, North Carolina, I'd say those three states have been shifting in President Trump's direction. States like Florida and uh, Michigan have been pretty consistent for Joe Biden. He's been polling in the upper 40s and low 50s in those states. Florida is an important state for President Trump to win. It's critically important. It's his home state, adopted home state now. And he really needs Florida to win the election because he, if he loses Michigan and Florida, then he loses re-election. So he needs to win at least one of them in order to remain competitive. And I think he will do very well in Florida after this week's convention. And also as we go into the debates, I think that President Trump has done a lot of good things for Florida. 
I know that in Florida, there's a lot of retirees and he just lowered prescription drug prices. So that would help his credibility with that demographic. And also a lot of, uh, military people down there that really like President Trump as well. And older Cubans, I think, are going to be influential in deciding the winner in Florida. So, but the states that I mentioned first, Arizona, Minnesota, and North Carolina. So Arizona, as we know, has had a Republican streak since 2000. Arizona is changing. The demographics of the state are changing. The electorate's changing, becoming a lot younger, a lot more Latino. And Joe Biden isn't doing so well with Latinos. And in a couple polls, we're seeing President Trump getting around 30, 35% of the Hispanic vote, Biden getting around 61. Biden needs to be doing much better than Hillary Clinton in order to flip Arizona, in order to hold Nevada, win Colorado, which he probably will do. But Nevada is very close, and if Nevada's close, I don't really see the argument that Arizona is going for Joe Biden. So with those kinds of numbers, I don't think he wins Arizona. He may barely cling on to Nevada, but it's going to be close in those states. I just think that Arizona is not going to go to Biden this time. I think the right Democrat will win Arizona in a few cycles. I think it's time to flip, but not in this election. In other states, like we saw Minnesota, Oregon, Illinois, have been experiencing a lot of violence in their cities, like Portland, Minneapolis, and Chicago. And the debate over law versus lawlessness is really going to play out in this election. And uh, recent polls showed that Violent crime is voters' number five issue of importance. So it's up there in the top five in terms of the issues. And number one was the economy. And many voters trust the, the president on the economy. Whereas they trust Biden to get us out of the health care crisis we're in right now with the coronavirus pandemic. While the country remains divided on, on crime, and I think that if President Trump is going to win this election, he's going to win on crime. He has to win on the issue of crime if he's going to win the election, because if he wins on the issue of crime, states like Minnesota, you'll see flip. Maybe even states like Nevada, you'll see flip. If enough people stay home in terms of Latinos, but in terms of Minnesota, if President Trump flips that state, he'll be the first Republican since Richard Nixon to win that state. And that'll be pretty remarkable if that happens. And really not seen for a while. But the reason why President Trump will win the election if he wins on crime, I mean, he already knows he's, he's got the issue of the economy on his side. So if he gets a lot of voter support on crime, that means the suburbs, he's competitive there. He's probably maxing out and the rural areas are coming close to it, which he needs to do in order to replicate his 2016 win. 
So if he's competitive in the suburbs, he's flipping a lot of a lot of these states, like I just said, Minnesota as an example, which is a little bit less college educated than states like Virginia and Colorado. So we saw a recent poll out of Minnesota that had Joe Biden up 51 to 49 over President Trump. And that's really close. It's by Emerson College, that poll. And Emerson is a reputable firm. So Minnesota is definitely in play, as I spoke about in my video on my channel. And then we're seeing polling in the national environment where Joe Biden had an eight-point lead. It's down in some polls to a six-point lead, a four-point lead by CNN in a registered voter poll. And I read an article recently that said that Trump has a, about a 4% built-in advantage in the Electoral College. So whatever the Democrats' lead is, you have to subtract four from that. So Biden's lead is four. The election is tied in the popular vote. If Biden's lead is six, he has a 2% lead. If it's eight, he has a 4% lead. And Trump can win the election, even if he loses the popular vote, by millions of votes. So Biden could run it up in states like California, New York, and Illinois, but still lose the election because he's losing in swing states. He's, he's losing in the states that matter. Because the biggest states aren't necessarily the states that are going to win Biden the election. Biden needs to win most of those 10 critical states that are going to swing it. And I doubt his ability to do so right now. I'm sure he could win one or two. I don't think he's going to be able to win all of them or even a majority of them. Because he hasn't even been able to campaign in any of these states because of the coronavirus pandemic. But we see the president going out there to North Carolina to speak at the GOP convention today. So the last thing that Biden wants to do is make the mistake that Hillary Clinton made in 2016. Even if it's a small gathering or it's just him going there to Wisconsin or Michigan to make a, a speech with no attendance. The Democrats have to make an attempt to win these states if they want to win back the White House anytime soon. Because Biden really hasn't left Delaware, and that's not going to help his chances. I mean, in previous elections, we saw that many candidates just didn't campaign outside of their, their homes. And it's understandable that this election is unique in its own way, that we're not able to do that, but that the candidates are not able to do that. And we're not able to have these gatherings. But it could be similar to an event where Biden introduced Harris as his running mate with no attendance. I mean, it's, it's just the effort that counts more than the number of people that come at this point to the event. It doesn't seem like they're making a play for these states right now, and they'd be remiss to take them for granted again. 
because the blue wall was cracked back in 2016. And it looks to be that if the polling remains close as it is now, I do think that President Trump is going to end up getting at least two of these states, if not all of them, but definitely two of them. And has a chance to get Minnesota into his column, which is, like I said before, very astonishing. So the polling remains close in the battleground states and nationally. And if it continues to be that way, I do expect President Trump to be the favorite going into November after the debates next month in October. And then up until Election Day, but depending on how the voting is conducted, we'll see if we'll have a fair election. And that'll determine the outcome. Because the polling is tight, the polling is close, and it's a matter of the method of voting. It's going to come down to that in this election, so... The bottom line is that the forecast is the same from 2016. Biden doing worse in a few areas, doing a, a little bit better in some other areas. And it's likely to be a contested election. So that's all I wanted to speak about today, but thank you for listening. I appreciate that. And be sure to support the channel, support this podcast as well to keep it going. Also, give me some new ideas and suggestions on the community tab of my channel so that you can continue hearing great content and commentary. But I'm going to leave it there, folks. And that is all I have for now. So my name is Chris, and I am host of the Seller Spark Show, signing off. Have a good day.